Today is the 13th of January, 2021. It's uh, the Upasata day, one prat. And so we've chanted um, a praise of the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, and then after that we chanted the Dhamma Chakapavatana Sutta, which as we know is the first sermon that the Buddha gave at the Deer Park. And uh, this teaching is essentially about um, that all things that are of the nature to arise are also of the nature to cease. That whichever um, has arisen, uh, it's normal for those things to fade away, to pass away. And through understanding this, uh, Venerable Anya Kondanya gained the eye of Dhamma. And then the Buddha exclaimed, uh, Kondanya knows, Kondanya knows. But what did he know and what did he see? He'd been practicing, putting in a lot of effort for a long time now, uh, been developing his barami for many lives. Ever since uh, a previous Buddha, he made the wish, this firm determination to become the first uh, awakened disciple of our Buddha. And so he uh, had trained and he practiced uh, developing very high levels of samadhi. But this wasn't able to give rise to wisdom, to gain clear insight into the truth. But when the Buddha taught him this truth, he was able to understand. Understand that, um, or see into the arising and seating nature of all physical phenomena and mental phenomena. And so we should try to contemplate this as well. Uh, look into rupa, this form. Uh, and rupa really is anything that is of the nature to deteriorate. So there's this form that we have as people, there's the forms of animals, and then also other natural things that we can see around us, so mountains, trees, the ocean, for example. And there's also forms that human beings have created. And whenever these arise, then it's natural for them to fade away. They have this nature to arise and cease, arise and cease. And so we can see uh, that um, these great mountains or um, icebergs, there are many that have uh, melted already. And even uh, trees that can live for many hundreds of years, eventually they have to fall down and decay. So all of these things uh, arise and cease, including the things that human beings create, that none of it is permanent. So these things are sankharas, conditioned phenomena. And this is, uh, we're talking now about rupa sankhara. And uh, the mind um, attaches to them. It takes uh, dependence upon this rupa sankhara, this form. And then we start understanding that these things are me, this is me, and the forms of others are theirs. And whatever we can see with our eyes, then this is rupa, and things that have uh, come together, these elements that have collected together, that of earth, water, fire, and air. 
And so we see that these things uh, of the nature to arise, stay for a bit, and then cease. And whatever is of the nature to arise is of the nature to cease. That it's normal for them to be this way, meaning that this is their truth. But when this is normal, it's natural. Why is it that the mind goes and attaches to them? We see that these things are of the nature to arise, stay for a while, and cease. So why does the mind take them to be me and mine? Well, if we contemplate, we see that our form depends upon this breath. But our breath and the breath of other beings, there's no difference between them. This body is composed of the four elements, just the same as the bodies of other beings. And it's just that the mind um, receives the sensations or the Vedana um, of this body through the nerves of the body. And so it goes and attaches to this body as being mine. But when the breath runs out, um, then we don't see these things as being self or other. So if anyone does view these forms as being in terms of self, that shows that they lack wisdom. And through this lack of wisdom, they go and attach. There's uh, tanha, this craving, and upadana, clinging. And these are the causes of suffering to arise. So we've just been chanting the Dhammachakapavatana Sutta and seeing that dukkha is something that's natural. It's of the nature for us to receive and meet with old age, sickness and death, to meet with separation from those that we love. And so if we're going to um, summarize this, we could say that uh, this all comes because of attachment to the five khandas. And that's why suffering arises. And so suffering is something that's natural for us. And so the Buddha studied into this very nature of suffering until he came to an understanding of it. He saw that dukkha arises due to a cause, and this cause is dhanha and upadana. And uh, that we have suffering is because of this clinging to physicality and mentality as being a self. Uh, but we don't wish to suffer. Everyone wants uh, for Nibbāna to be clear to them. But what we need to do is then to abandon this um, craving and clinging. And if we're able to do that, then Nibbāna can arise. So how do we abandon clinging and craving? Well, the Buddha taught that we should practice and follow this noble path, right from samaditi or right view to right samadhi, concentration. And this is the noble path that he taught. And this path only exists within uh, the Buddha's dispensation. If we're going to summarize this path, we could say that it's a comprised of sila, samadhi, and panya, a virtue, uh, samadhi and wisdom. And if we can walk this path, then we'll be able to abandon uh, this craving and clinging, and then neuroda, cessation, can arise. 
So we need to put in our effort to walk this way, this way of sila, samadhi, and panya. And really all people want to gain an understanding of the Dhamma, to see the Dhamma for themselves, to know wisdom arise within their hearts. But in order for wisdom to arise, it must depend upon a foundation of virtue and samadhi. And if our samadhi isn't well established, then this clear seeing just can't arise. If uh, we don't have samadhi, if our mindfulness is lacking, then the marga, this path, it's incomplete. But we need to start by developing goodness, these ten kinds of merits that we can cultivate. So there's that of generosity, and then virtue, meditation, helping out in society, helping out the work of others. And then when we have made merit, we can share that merit with others. And also if we see other beings creating good deeds or doing good deeds, then we give our anamodana, we express our joy in that. We also have a mind that is well-founded in the Buddha, the Dharma and Sangha, and we have a firm belief in Kama. There's also listening to the Dhamma, there's sharing the Dhamma, chanting the Dhamma, and these are all forms of merit. So we try to develop merit a lot. And for those people who are intelligent, who have wisdom, um, they can cultivate this punya, this merit, easily. But similarly, those people without wisdom can cultivate evil very easily. It depends upon how we've trained ourselves in the past. So these days, in this present uh, age, Maybe some people can't come to the monastery, but they still have a heart of faith. They see that the monks aren't able to go on arms round. Uh, due to um, lockdown in this time of COVID, we need to be cautious uh, to not come into contact with too many people uh, to stop the spread of this pandemic. But these people have hearts of faith. And so they can make offerings. And people have done this uh, from both within Thailand and overseas. That even though they're not able to come to the monastery, um, they can still listen to the Dhamma. And really, things are easy, it's easier to create merit these days. It's easier for us uh, to make offerings of money. Um, and through doing this, so we can make merit. And this is a skillful act. And so the monks will give their anamodana in the generosity of the laity who have made these donations, and the sincerity of them as well. And uh, this cultivation of merit becomes the causes and conditions for our happiness in the future. And when we do this merit often, when we sacrifice frequently, then greed just won't come up for us. We won't wish to gain the wealth of others. And our hearts become full, are full in the goodness that they have created. So we see the benefits of this, of sacrifice. And in doing so, we gain the um, energy to do more. And as we cultivate this merit, it becomes a, a cause for our happiness. So we carry on going, we don't stop. We have this uh, interest, this intention, um, and we do it for the purpose of training our mind. 
we have uh, these precepts as a natural standard for our actions, a body and speech, with the five precepts or the eight precepts. And we try to cultivate our minds continuously. So when we do this, when we, gain, when we engage in this mental cultivation, we see that the benefits that generosity and morality give us is that of peace of mind. And through this, joy can arise. And when joy is present in the heart, then it's easy for us to understand into the Dhamma. And we listen to these teachings of the Buddha and we can gain clear insight into them. Understand that the mind that is caught up in clinging, um, that gives rise to suffering. That when this upadana is there, we'll see everything in terms of self. But when the mind is at peace, we'll be able to contemplate and see this body really is uh, not a true self, and the mind becomes empty. We're able to abandon the craving and the clinging that was once present in the heart. And nibbana arises within the hearts. So that um, the people are able to really put their efforts into generosity, into being um, charitable, into being virtuous, into meditating, it shows that we've already cultivated a lot of parami in the past. And these are things that we should put our effort into. Um, they're not just insignificant things. Um, they're not frivolous uh, matters, but they're something that bear great importance. When we do them, our hearts become full, and then samadhi becomes complete. Wisdom arises, and we can see and understand clearly into the Dhamma. See that what is, whatever is of the nature to arise is also of the nature to cease. So as we cultivate goodness um, like this in our lives, um, then our minds become very joyful and satisfied at ease. So I ask for everyone to really try to develop a lot of goodness, do a lot of good deeds. And why do we do this? It's for the sake of mental purity. So we need to train our minds. And the highest form of merit is that of meditation. Um, so we don't just throw this out, but we put our efforts and we try to listen to the Dhamma, contemplate the Dhamma. Through doing this, the heart becomes full. The faith that we have becomes more and more well-established. The effort that we give to our practice uh, grows and grows. And in the end, our samadhi becomes firm. Wisdom arises, all doubts are relieved, and we gain a clear understanding. But that we don't see things clearly now is because of the lack of peace and stability of mind. Our mindfulness isn't continuous. But in order to get it to the state, we need to put in our efforts. And in putting in effort, we need to endure, we need to forbear. And then even though this path may be arduous, there may be stress involved, uh, the result of it is that of happiness. It's the noble search that we're engaging in, the search for the truth. And even though we may have gained a lot of worldly knowledge, uh, we may not have gained much knowledge in the Dhamma. And in that case, it's very easy for us to become deluded in the knowledge that we have. But if we gain a knowledge in the Dhamma, we'll be able to put things down 
and understand clearly. Understand that whatever is of the nature to arise, is of the nature to cease. So things are natural. It's um, normal for them to be that way. So why do we not see it? We should ask ourselves. It's like the bones within our fingers, the bones in our thumbs, the bones in this index finger, in our little finger. Um, we see that they're no different uh, from the bones of others. So why do we attach to them and say that they're mine? And through science, we understand that all of our bones are just made out of calcium. And this body is just a collection of cells. So how could it possibly be me? So we put a bunch of cells together, and then the mind goes and attaches to it, doesn't it? And it just starts off with a few cells, but they grow and expand, and grow in number. Um, but we don't gain a clear, deep understanding of this, um, that the knowledge we gain into this is just on a surface level. It's just the knowledge that we gain through um, this surface study, through memory, through thought. But even though we have uh, this kind of knowledge, whenever our mind receives a sense impression, it will just go attaching, attaching two things as a self, just like it did before. And then feelings of love and hate and fear and anger arise. And so we need to train our minds to bring them here into this present moment and really try to do this. And then we just carry on without stopping. And Lumpur Cha would say that those people who have just a little bit of barami, if they stay close to a great teacher, they can progress and succeed just the same. When I was staying with Lumpucha, I felt like I was quite stupid. I had so many doubts. And uh, my mind was just in a state of chaos every single day. But I put my efforts in, I tried. And uh, when I listened to Lumpucha give a Dharma talk, my mind would feel really at ease. I felt like Nibbana was right close by. But after time, my mind would start getting stirred up all over again. So I saw that this peace of mind, the stability of mind, samadhi, is something that's very important. And if um, there isn't much peace, then there'll be a lot of doubts. But if the mind is in a calm state, these doubts will be relieved and wisdom will arise. Be able to abandon things, to put down the sense of self. So we need to put in our efforts to really be sincere, um, to try to bring our minds to be mindful in this present moment and do that a lot, to recite these meditation words of Buddha or Dhamma or Sangha, or maybe Buddhang Saranangachami. We just pick up one meditation word and stick with it so that our minds come to a state of peace. But we need to tie our minds to one of these meditation objects. Or we can use wisdom to contemplate and see all things as being empty. Things, uh, all things are empty, and this emptiness is Buddha, is this nature of awakening. And this nature of awakening is present within all things. So we carry on doing it, we carry on practicing, and in time we will come to see, we will come to understand, and we'll gain a clear knowing within our own hearts. So may you all set your hearts on this.